No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to NoBull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome into the first edition of Noble with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Yet here on episode one of this show, we are without Jordan Simone. And for those of you who are listening to the audio version of this podcast, on my screen right now, I can see Sean Crespin from his home studio there in Gilbert. What up, and Schubert? to the right of him is a picture of Jordan Simone. He's the, he's here in spirit with us on episode one, <laughs> but he's on IR with an unknown illness. We don't know where he is. So, yeah. Sean, welcome in. Super excited to be starting this project with you guys. We're missing a, a big part of the team here today, but uh, we're hoping to get him cleared into the noble bubble here pretty soon so he can join us, but super excited to get this uh, project started. Yeah, I called our guy Simone yesterday and was like, hey, dude, you ready to go? Let's go over some of the topics, a lot of football conversation mm-hmm. to get into and everything. He said, I, got, I don't know how to tell you this, Sean. I'm... Uh, I'm sick right now. I don't think I can go for the first show. I'm like, you got to, first of all, you got to be kidding me. What's wrong with you? He didn't know. So that's why the graphic right now on the screen says on IR with an unknown illness. Now, I don't want to start out this program on a bad note. Somewhat have to question the toughness of my boy. I, so I don't first want, I don't want to have to do that in the first, not even Oof. the first episode, the first 90 seconds of this program. So, I mean, it's the first show. You know, we're socially distancing, as you can see mm-hmm, right now. Yeah. You're in your house in, in, in what? Gil- in Chandler, wherever Chandler, you're at. Yeah. I'm in Gilbert, Arizona. He's in Scottsdale. He would have been fine socially distanced sitting in his house. So the fact he didn't show up for show one, man, um, I, I, I I got a couple questions. I got a couple okay, questions. Draft we'll, stock we'll, down yeah, on Jordan Simone here we'll on the, the first we'll, episode of No Bull. We'll Just see draft stock down. We'll see if he's here on Wednesday for episode okay. number two, and we'll go from there. But right now, officially ruled as on IR with unknown illness for Jordan yeah, Simone. And, and, and as the practice reports come out throughout the week, we'll keep you updated yeah. on Jordan Simone's status for the Wednesday podcast. Sean, but as you mentioned, when you were talking with Jordan Simone, the third member of our team, there is a lot to get into, so let's uh, let's waste little time and tell you what is in the lead on today's program. This is the one they're talking about. So, Sean, tonight is a Monday when we're recording this episode. Monday Night Football but with two games, because the Chiefs and the Patriots are going to play tonight after their game got moved. We thought it was going to get postponed as the NFL deals with uh, some COVID outbreaks on a couple of teams, the Titans in particular. Uh, Sean, your overall thoughts on how the NFL has handled all of this, because we've seen two examples of how they're going about this. First, with what they did with the Titans and Steelers game, postponing that game entirely until later in the season. And then how they handle something late in the week with the Chiefs and the Patriots with Cam Newton Cam Newton testing positive. Well, first the first thought I had was ESPN's getting the absolute shaft tonight because you got Chiefs and Patriots that are going to be like starting the third starting the third quarter when you got the uh, the Falcons and Packers kicking off on ESPN. If that's a close game, I'm, why am I switching to ESPN? That was my first thought. My second thought to answer your question. Uh, how they've handled it, I think they've handled it the only way they really can, right? You got the positive test in Tennessee. You immediately shut down their facility. You immediately shut down the t- the, uh, the Vikings facility as well, who they had just played. And you said, okay, we're going to shut this down, do more testing, and figure it out. Uh, to their credit, that was the absolute right thing to do because how many positives now do we see with the Tennessee Titans organization? So Up to 18, yeah, I Yeah, and they lucked out a little bit with the scheduling. You know, they were able to move the game that was supposed to happen this weekend against the Steelers back to week uh, seven, push the Ravens and, and Steelers game that was originally scheduled in week seven to week eight. And so the, the scheduling worked out for them. 
it's they're gonna find a time when that's just not the case. But to be honest, mm-hmm. Hubert, I don't know what else they're supposed to do. You know, Roger Goodell said in a statement right after the Titans and, and Vikings situation that this was not to this was this was this isn't something that wasn't expected. You know, sure. they knew this was coming. I think everybody has to understand this won't be the last time we have positive tests. And something I've been saying since March, you just have to embrace the weird this year. You know what I mean? You just have to embrace it because it's going to happen. Uh, and how the NFL's handled it, I believe, is the only way they can. You, yeah. you, you, and, you, po- you shut down facilities, you postpone things, you find a way to make the schedule work, and you try to go from there. The only criticism I think you can levy against Roger Goodell and the NFL is the way that they made the schedule. They could have built in an extra bye week for everybody, probably week 17, and then have a week 18 be the finale week of the season because now you have an extra week built into where you can play some of these rescheduled games so you don't have to you know, basically play a big chess match with the season all and the schedule all year round. But so far, they've handled this well. The Chiefs and Patriots, all the tests have come back negative since Cam Newton's positive test. The Patriots took two planes to this game. Uh, one had everybody that was in close proximity with Cam Newton. The other one had everybody who wasn't. Yeah. I mean, they've gone through the ringer to try to get this game uh, to be played tonight. And, and you have to give them credit. Now, interestingly enough, on the other side of this really quick, the Titans portion of this, We learned today that there were no positive tests from the Tennessee Titans. Now, the way it's phrased, I want to learn a little bit more about this as the day goes on, because does this mean that there's been no new positive tests or of the people that tested positively now, I believe it is up to 18, all of those people are now testing negative because there's a big difference there, right? Because if those 18 player personnel and players are still testing positive and still are are letting the the COVID run its course and and staying at home and, and dealing with that, that still puts the Titans at a huge loss. So I'd like to learn a little bit more, but we are seeing week four of the season, the NFL's had to deal with this and what, there's 13 weeks left to go. So we'll see how they uh, they choose to proceed moving forward. Sean, yesterday, the Arizona Cardinals traveled all the way to Carolina. And we're going to get into this a lot over the course of the show here today. And they lose a bad one to a Carolina Panther team they should have beaten. They didn't look particularly good. And that 2-0 start that everybody in town was raving about, poof, into the air. It's can I, can I throw this out there? And we'll get, again, sure. you mentioned we're going to get more into it later on in the program. But... You just said a Carolina team that they should beat. Are we forgetting that this Arizona Cardinals team won five games a year ago? This was a five-win team a year ago. You insert DeAndre Hopkins, that's awesome. That's great. And the offense has seen, you know, its moments due to that uh, that, that accusation of, of, of DeAndre Hopkins. But this is not a great football team from top to bottom at all. So mm-hmm. should we? Can we? Can we say that yet? Are we allowed to say this Arizona Cardinal team went on the road to play in the Eastern Time Zone where they don't play well historically anyway and lost a football game? And oh man, that's a game they should have won. Can we say that yet? Because this 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 Panthers team, yes, no no Christian McCaffrey, but they just beat the Chargers on the road in L.A. They were competitive against the Raiders. Hell, they were competitive against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, only down seven late in that football game as well. They've been competitive all year. I don't know if I'm ready to say the Arizona Cardinals went east and lost a game they should have won. They could have won. I'll phrase it that way. It's a game they could have won. But I'm not ready to sit here yet and talk about a five-win team from last year that's going east and say, man, that's a game they should have won. I'm not ready to go there yet with the Arizona Cardinals. And I understand they got the unexpected win against the 49ers, and then you beat a bad Washington football team at home. But I think people jumped the gun in terms of changing their expectations about the Arizona Cardinals. Well, certainly the last two games have proven that fact to be true, that after those first two games, there were talks of, oh, you got Detroit, 
and you're going to go to Carolina with a first-year head coach and a new quarterback, and then you're going to play the lowly New York Jets. 5-0, and oh, baby, print the T-shirts. <laughs> and, and then the last two weeks, we've seen the flaws that this team had going into the season that over the first two weeks, they've been able to really avoid. And, and we can get into a conversation on whose fault it is as to why they've struggled these last two games and what has gotten them to giving away that great start that had everybody in town you know, getting their 5-0 and oh T-shirts ready to go. But it's certainly going to be a conversation here as this season progresses. Can they fix the things that we've seen over the last two weeks? Because if not, then you're probably looking at another five to seven win football team like they were last year. So they're going to need to turn this around very quickly. Speaking of football, Sean, something near and dear to both of our hearts. Pac-12 officially came out with their schedule over the weekend. And Sean, I was looking through the schedule and I was looking at some of the start times and I was like, I had to, you know, clean, clean the glasses that I don't have out to make sure that I was reading these time rights. 9 a.m. start times for the Pac-12 this season. So I'll ask you a pointed question. Okay. As somebody who works in the business, I think I know where your answer is going with this. But what is better for the conference? Hashtag Pac-12 after dark or Pac-12 and pancakes? Pac-12 and pancakes. Uh, no, I did the same double take you did. I said that there's a misprint on the schedule they just released. It says 9 a.m. No, we play at here. 9 p.m. is when we typically play. Um, you know, I... I understand what Larry Scott and the conference are trying to do. They're trying to open up, how he put it, exciting broadcast windows, right? Get get Pac-12 football, which is something we've always talked about, in front of more eyeballs. But if he was truly sincere about getting that to happen, I, as a DirecTV customer, would be able to watch the Pac-12 network. Uh, did you know that there's not a single Pac-12 football game being broadcast on Pac-12 network for what I believe is the first six weeks of the season? Um, it's it's just an odd schedule. You knew it was going to be, but to answer your question about the 9 a.m. games, from somebody who has to work those games, it's going to be brutal. But who care? Who cares about me as an engineer for a radio network in the Pac-12? Uh, I don't matter, and you know I shouldn't. But to the players, I just told you how the Arizona Cardinals don't fare well when they travel east and play in those early time slots. For the football teams out here out west to play a 9 a.m. game. I mean, you can practice early all you want to, but ultimately, you know, are you at a disadvantage? We're going to find out this year. And I guess if you're going to test anything, do it this year. You know, I mentioned it a few minutes ago, embrace the weird, right? Like if you're going to do something like this, do it this year. That's fine. Uh, You know, the Sun Devils start out against USC at 9 a.m. So we're going to get a taste of this right out of the gate in early November. Um, I like the idea of opening up other broadcast windows Fox at 9 a.m. is good for the Pac-12. Is it needed, and does it put the conference at a more disadvantage? That's the question long-term. And I think if you look at this from an exposure standpoint, right, there's a perceived, uh, inside of the Pac-12, there's a perceived bias uh, that Pac-12 coaches feel that the national media has toward them. And a lot of the reason for that is because of how late these games are are getting played, where you're not seeing a team like Washington or Oregon because they're playing until 1, 2 in the morning, Uh, on the East Coast, and then the AP Top 25 polls come out or the college football playoff polls are coming out, and there's a little bit of a a discrepancy on where these Pac-12 schools think they should be. I think that is the reason behind a move like this. But to your point, there are trade-offs to doing this, and we are going to see if those trade-offs are worth it 
in this shortened season. Uh, if it does, you know, gangbuster ratings uh, for the Pac-12, they're going to love it because it's just going to increase their profile in the TV market, which they need too, right? They need the exposure on that level. So it's, you, you've been mentioning it, and maybe it's the title of the show, Embrace the Weird, but the Pac-12 is embracing the weird when we normally expect this conference to kind of run away from things like this. They're running towards it. Now, speaking of the Pac-12, Sean, and on our Sunday show, which we we stream live, we have Cashing In with Crespin. Where Crespin <laughs> gives you the worst betting advice known to man. I am yeah. going to give him the Pac-12 uh, win totals uh-huh. according to Bet Online, and right. I want rapid-fire reactions, okay? okay? Mm-hmm. So you just give me over-under over, on under. these win totals. Okay. All right, Arizona one over under. Um, ooh, over, they'll get two. Okay. Ar- Arizona State over under four and a half wins. Over, I'm a homer. Cal over. Cal over under four and a half wins. Under. They're Colorado. a better football team than people think. They're a much better football team than people think. But under, if I have to, if I'm giving us over four and they're on our schedule, I got to give them under. So under. Okay. Colorado say, uh, say over under one and a half. Colorado. Um, over. Now, this includes championship week. I will let you okay, know. Okay, good, uh, good. Because there's that extra game that everybody's going to play right, that week. Right. Oregon over under six. That means they run the table. Um, over. Oregon State over under one and a half. Under. They'll get one. Stan- that hook. Stanford over under three and a half. It's a bad football team, too. They just lost so much. Uh, under. UCLA over under three and a half. Over. No, US- under, under. I keep forgetting there's seven games. Under. It's going to be an under. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. USC over under five and a half. Over. Utah over under four and a half. Oh, over. I got a lot Washington. of teams winning a lot of football games. I don't know. You do. Physically, I don't think this is, do. this is mathematically this possible. Nope. Uh. Not a chance. Washington <laughs> over under four and a half. That's why you got to tune in to cash in with Crespo um, on Sunday. Let's go uh, over. Washington four think, and a half. How many I think overs you have two do I have? Unders in the whole division. <laughs> We're going to need to play this back later on, but I think you only have two unders in the yeah, whole the whole league. Yeah. Oh, Washington man. State to close it out over under. Washington two. State to close over under two. Mm-hmm. Uh, under. I got to go one under. I got to give somebody under. It's going to have to be them. So we're doing this live. Nobody's so going to lose. Nobody's going to lose a single game in the Pac-12, according to me. <laughs> but I need to. I need to go back and see what what that ended up looking like in terms uh-huh. of uh, these over and unders. And the last one here for you in the lead, uh, Sean. The Miami Heat didn't get swept in the NBA Finals. Somebody throw a celebration. Sure hold didn't. a parade in Miami. That was. I saw somebody post on uh, Twitter the, the greatest upset in NBA history, uh, NBA Finals history. I'm not going that far, but did I expect them to win a game after you lose two of your two of your starters? No, not a chance. But you know, Jimmy buckets goes absolutely off in Game Three, um, and the Lakers, who up until Games One and Two really hadn't shot the three point you know the three point ball very well throughout the bubble experience. Um, they came back down to earth a little bit from behind the arc in Game 3 as well. So am I shocked that they didn't get swept? Well, maybe a little bit. Uh, if I was going to pick a game in which the Miami Heat would win, it would be Game 3. We usually see that, right? The better team jumps out to a 2-0 you know, jump. Uh, the, the, the underdog battles back in Game 3, steals one, and then it, it'll get back to to it'll get back to, uh, to where it was headed in Game 4 and 5. I don't see them – I really don't see them getting past 
game five. And that's the blueprint, right? Right. Yeah. Miami put the blueprint together last night on how they're going to be able to do this, and they have to just continue to try to replicate that in game four and in game five. And if Jimmy Buckets continues to be plays the way he did in game three, Jimmy Finals, uh, they're going to have a chance, finals. right? They're going to have a chance in this series if they can continue to play the way they did in game three. They got to uh, win another the injuries, game. And the injuries are going to catch up to them, right? I mean, they're, they're still dealing with two of their better players being out, two of the, the, the players that are the reason they're in the finals, they're without. It's, it was already an uphill battle for them. They got one in game three. Let's see if that momentum can carry them. They got to win another two. game before we can call him Jimmy Finals. I can't, I can't yeah, allow I'm, I was, I can't I'm allow trying that. to get out in front of this. I can't you know? allow that. No, one more game. No? You get one more game and he drops 35 plus. Okay, Jimmy Finals. Right now, so he's then still, he's Jimmy Finals? Still Jimmy Buckets right now. Yeah, okay, he's so gonna, he's give, give me Jimmy one buckets. more win okay. plus 35 point total. He'll go from Buckets to Finals. Okay. All right. So he's That's still fair? Jimmy Bucket. He mm -hmm. can be Jimmy Finals. Yeah. I mean, I would like to make him Jimmy Finals right now, but all right, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one That's more fair. game. Mm -hmm. Sean, it was a solid start to the season for the Arizona Cardinals, but now. It is all gone. Who's to blame? We'll get into that next right here on No Bull. Schubert, let me tell you a little bit about Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951. Proud partner of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone, who's on IR with an unknown illness today. Uh, with 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships, they got 17 brands. Doesn't matter if you're north, south, east, or west. Wherever you're at in the Valley, Earnhardt's got you covered for that new vehicle you've got your eye on. And with the current times of social distancing, Schubert, check this out. No Bull Express option at nobull.com. They can make the entire buying process an absolute breeze from the comfort of your home. Even there, for those of us watching this right now on this uh, this stream, with your 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 nice padded wall back there, and and you know the randomness you've got going on behind you, uh, from that very room, Schubert. If you go to Noble.com, Noble Express, that option you can test drive a vehicle. It's delivered right to your door. The finance applications can be handled there. They'll deliver your new ride once you make your purchase. You don't even have to leave that very nice. Nicely decorated room of your Schubert with the, uh, the the Noble Express option at Noble.com. It's the Earnhardt commitment, the world-class service right there in your room. Prices you can't beat. The Earnhardt name, as you know, it's one you can trust. 68-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bowl. Well, Sean. A two-in-one Arizona Cardinal team went down Hang to on. Carolina. Hang on, explain yourself with that room behind you. And for those of you just listening what? to this podcast, he's got a, like a beat-up old Mets blanket behind him. You've got two little pads of soundproofing First that's of all, doing it's nothing. Nine pads of sound. It's uh, doing nothing to it's help. It's not out. helping really at it's all. Behind We're you on in it. a random spot on your wall, you've got some weird like bobbleheads on a desk behind you. I mean, this is about as bachelor pad as bachelor pad gets, which is no problem. I mean, you are a bachelor, so that's okay. And you, you got the random Keep, Phoenix uh, Suns little, you know. I mean, what what do you what do you got going on over there, Schubert? So, Explain so first yourself. Of all, We're on you're on camera, and this is what you bring to the table. The the studio is a work in progress. Yeah, okay, clearly, we're working on it. I've clearly, got the the the. The, the foam behind me to kind of help with the echo in the room. We got some foam behind us as well. That's what the blanket more. is up there for. You it's not more. working clearly as intended. <laughs> and you know what? You you took shots at my little pop figurines uh, back there. But if, if you will carry the show for a minute, there's uh -huh. something over there that I'm going to have to get to prove a point. So just it, take over for a second. Okay, here. you got it. Because what you're, what, you're, what you're bringing to the table right now, and again, a lot of you just listening to this in the Noble podcast, uh, but for those of you that have, that have seen clips on YouTube, 
on nb-sports.com and all of the above. Uh, Schubert needs to step up his game a little bit in terms of what he's bringing to the table. And what are you showing this me This guy now? right here? This, this guy right here, and if you're watching on video, I have a pop figurine of the star quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. This uh-huh. guy didn't play well yesterday, <laughs> and that's the reason why the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> lost. So he's being removed okay. from the, the tower back there until he plays better. Kyler right. Murray out. Just letting everybody okay. know. Okay, so sorry to derail the program. Yeah, no, get, okay. get into what we were going to hit with the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. So the Arizona Cardinals uh, go on the road to Carolina, a 2-1 and team coming off of their first piece of adversity this season where they lose to a Detroit Lions team that, again, they should have beaten. They could have beaten at home uh, against Detroit. They're trying to rebound. And they go to Carolina, and they just get destroyed. And I don't care what the final score of that game said, that it was only a 10-point game. They were never in that game yesterday and it leads us to a big talking point that sean you and i in our pre-show meeting today and in all of the prep that we've been doing for this show have been asking of whose fault is it that the last two games have looked the way that they've looked because they are a stark contrast from what we saw in the first two games of the season and yes they did play the washington football team in week two but they played a detroit lions team that they they, they could and should have beaten and i thought they could and should have beaten this carolina panthers team yesterday and they just look like a completely different football team right now uh, well again in the national football league if you're not getting better you're getting worse it's that it's that way in a lot of things in life but in the nfl that's that's definitely one of them and coming into this year chris we knew okay you have a full year of film on Cliff Kingsbury as the play caller, Kyler Murray as the quarterback, how are they going to improve what they did in year one in order to continue to have success in year two? Uh, against the Detroit Lions in week three, I think some things got exposed, right? You saw a lot more zone coverage being played against Kyler Murray. Um, the decision-making of Kyler at times questionable at best, you know, trying to take shots over the middle deep when it's not there, taking shots down the sideline when it's not there. Um, you've seen those moments from him. And so you're seeing teams now force him to be a quarterback in the pocket. Weeks one, week two, we saw him get out of the pocket an awful lot. Matter of fact, we were debating whether or not he was running too much in those first two weeks. And he's still getting his from time to time coming out of the pocket and using his legs as he should. But teams are forcing him to be a uh, a pocket-style quarterback the majority of the time the last two weeks, the Lions and 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 the Panthers. And it's just not it's just not coming together at you know right now. Um, how do you complete 24 passes for 133 yards? And that's and I think that's where the question comes up that you're bringing up right now, Chris. Is that a play calling situation with Cliff Kingsbury, or is that Kyler Murray now seeing different coverages in front of him and not necessarily being confident pulling the trigger on 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 where he's going with the football? And I thought going into this game that there was this narrative that was being brought up about oh matt rule versus cliff kingsbury they 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 battled in college and now they're battling here you know on the nfl field on sunday and i thought it was completely overblown to even really bring that up but honestly sean that rule out coached cliff kingsbury yesterday i mean it wasn't even close they had everything clicking on that side of the ball they were just up and down the field on this arizona cardinal defense which isn't entirely on cliff kingsbury right that's on vance joseph Mm -hmm. right he's got to get even though it's a banged up group he's got to get them ready to play and put them in positions to succeed and they just got hosed yesterday in in, in that football game in their defense you're beat you're beat up in the secondary right boot is out and so forth like three safeties you're beat up in the secondary so you're going to have some some issues to get over there on the defensive side of the football i'm i understand that the panthers were able to put up 
you know, Teddy went for 276 through the air, a couple of touchdowns. Um, and this is without Christian McCaffrey, and they were going up and down the field on you. I understand that that is uh, it's concerning. But if you were going to tell me that one of the units of the Arizona Cardinals offense or defense was going to struggle this week based on the, the losses and the issues they're dealing with on the back end, the defense would have been the one I pointed at. The offensive side of the football and the lack of production there, and at times the lack of creativity there, you know, can we see one less bubble screen, Cliff? Uh, at times, you know, that that's where I think the question marks are right now with the Sarasota Cardinal football team. It, it, the, offense, the, the defense is so beat up. I don't like giving passes in situations when you talk, you know, but, but I may give Vance Joseph a little bit of a pass here trying to figure out, you know, where he's going. Hell, they put in Isaiah Simmons, had him drop back at safety a couple times, you know, yesterday. Uh, a couple of those snaps wound up not happening, false starts and so forth, but um, you know they're 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 having to get creative right now defensively. So I'm not going to put everything on on Vance and the defense. Offensively, though, that's just what we saw yesterday is not acceptable. Just not. Well, and you and you use the word having to be creative on defense. There's just a lack of creativity right now on the offensive side of the ball. And, and Sean, let me ask you more of a big picture question, and and we can put it in focus into this game. When they hired Cliff Kingsbury, right? There was all oh, air raid, airing it out, going to throw the ball a bunch. We're going to put up a ton of yardage, you know. And I don't think ever anybody expected like the Texas Tech offense of having 600 yards a game was what the Cardinals were going to do on a regular basis. But I think the expectation was this offense was going to be explosive. This offense was going to be creative. This offense was going to throw things at teams that they weren't expecting, and it was going to be different. And the team that's checking all of those boxes right now with a young quarterback are the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. And whereas Cliff Kingsbury, who's known to be an offensive guru, who was brought in for that purpose, this team has lacked that creativity over the last couple of weeks. And like you mentioned, they're just their screen passes galore. The average, uh, I think, attempt... Uh, a pass attempt for, for Kyler Murray was 4.3 yards. They weren't taking the ball down the field. Now, the All-22 film later this week is going to bear out if that is Kyler's decision-making or if it's Cliff's play-calling, which may give us a, a better insight into what's going wrong with this offense. But there's something wrong with this offense, and they need to fix it in a hurry because, as we've seen with the way the defense has played the last couple of weeks, the offense has got to put up points or this team's not going to win close games. Yeah, 20, like I mentioned a second ago, 24 completions, 133 yards. That's, I mean, he does have the three touchdowns, right? But that's, that's just not going to get it done. And I understand that you were playing from behind for the majority of that football game. But when, when uh, you know, you're running the football all of 20 times combined between Murray, Drake, and I, I just would like to see them. I know that Cliff Kingsbury is never going to you know, he's going to spread it out. He's not going to run the ball a lot, but you got to find a way to establish the run a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray going for 78 yards and leading you in rushing every week. It's just, that's not winning football in the NFL. It's not like you can't, everybody can't be Lamar Jackson. You know, you're, you're, you can't rely on Kyler Murray being your leading rusher every single week. You got to find a way to establish a run, you know, to, to help you open up some of those passing windows to, to be able to have any type of a play action game at all you know you got to find a way to establish a, a, a traditional running game and not have you know Kenyon Drake go 13 carries for 35 yards you know have have you know, Edmonds comes in four carries 16 yards you know so he ran the ball 17 times outside of Kyler Murray it's just that's not winning football and again I know you were down the majority of the game you had to throw the football yesterday sure but, but- it's just that's just not winning football and I think the the thing that I look at is there's there's so much talent on that offensive side of the ball, specifically in the wide receiver room, 
that hasn't been there in recent years, right? You get DeAndre Hopkins, you have Larry Fitzgerald who can move the chains for you, you have Christian Kirk, but you have a guy like Andy Isabella. And yes, you know, his entire claim to fame for this team is he's able to beat everybody down the field and, and catch passes. But you know what? Get some jet sweeps involved, get some wide receiver reverses involved, find ways to create some offense and to create some different looks to put this defense on their heels. There are ways to do what we're talking about that don't include, you know, just a bunch of screen passes and a bunch of just quick throws. I mean, the best drive that the Cardinals had, it came in the second half, at least in my opinion, and that entire drive was Kyler had a big chunk play where he took off off of a scramble and, and took off, I think it was like 49 or 50 yards. That was probably their biggest offensive play in the game, and it was on a broken play, which Kyler showed off his skill set and, and made a big play. They just have to get back because, I mean, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we saw this in the first two weeks of what this offense was capable of. We saw it. Again, we saw that they could be. You're seeing different coverages now. You now have to adjust. And right. right now, the Arizona Cardinals are not doing that. You now have to adjust. You've seen different coverages each of the last two weeks. The Lions, Matt Patricia, as much flack as he gets around the league, somewhat exposed you as an offensive unit. He really did. And you've seen different coverages the last couple of weeks. They're not going to. They're, you're not going to see a lot of man coverage. You know, whenever you got a quarterback like Lamar or Kyler who can get out and use his legs, you're not going to see a lot of man coverage because you can't have your second and third, uh, your second and third level turning their back and running with a wide out or running with a running back coming out of the backfield because all of a sudden, boom, there goes that quarterback while your back is turning, your eyes aren't in the backfield. Seen a lot more zone coverage against the Arizona Cardinals, and they're struggling with it right now. They're struggling with it. I mean, you talk about Andy Isabella. He was targeted three times. One was deep down the sideline that maybe could have been catch, could have been caught, but his two receptions netted three yards. Larry Fitzgerald had two receptions this you know this week, four yards. It's just you know that's it's because everybody's keeping everything in front of them now. The Lions kept everything in front of them. The, the Panthers kept everything in front of them. A lot of zone coverage. Kyler Murray struggling with it, struggling with it, and he and the and the kid misses high an awful lot. And that's where you're seeing – he didn't have any interceptions yesterday. But that's when you've seen a lot of the interceptions. Something high over the middle, boom, tipped, mm -hmm. and it falls in the hands of the safety. Um, you know, that's – he's going to have to find windows in when he's seeing as much zone coverage as he's seeing right now. And right now the comfortable place to go with the football is underneath. You know, and that's yeah, why – I'm looking forward to Wednesday. It's hard to cut you off, Greg. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Wednesday when you know, with, when anybody that's got the NFL game pass, you get the all-22 and you can look. Were there shots there? You know, another thing to take into consideration, that may have been the hardest and most I've seen Kyler Murray get hit in half in his young career so far. The first half of that football game yesterday, he got hit, and he got hit hard a couple of times. And as a quarterback, sometimes your eyes will come down now. I'm not looking downfield now. I'm worried about what's going on in front of me. I'm worried about getting mm -hmm. rid of that football. You know, so... Uh, Wednesday when you know the, the public like us, the general public, gets an opportunity to see the All-22 on, on NFL Game Pass. It'll be in interesting to see if the shots were there or if Cliff is really just dialing up things to pick up six, to pick up eight, to pick up, you know, bubble screen, hopefully you break it. You know, we'll, we'll get a better look on Wednesday. Yeah, and there wasn't a really a unit of this Arizona Cardinal team that played particularly well, right? The offensive line struggled, and it led to Kyler getting hit a whole lot. They couldn't get anything going on the ground. They didn't take any deep shots down the field. They, you know, on the other side of the ball, we mentioned the secondary, but there wasn't a lot of pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. He was able to have a relatively easy day back there. And, and back to the Kyler point really quick. 
last week in that game against the Lions, he had two throws, one of which was an interception, the other which should have been an interception. The the safety just dropped the ball. We're both overthrows, to your point. It's when he sails over a receiver that he finds himself into trouble. And he had that in that game yesterday. He overthrew Fitz a little bit, and it felt like he never really recovered from that. And everything was short. Everything was a check down. Everything was, you know, we're not taking shots down the field. And Listen, Sean, I, I, you know, I'm not a football coach, but it's not like Cliff Kingsbury has never seen a zone before in, in his coaching days, right? No, I'm with you. And, and you know, you, you've seen it two weeks in a row. Okay, where's the adjustment, right? You're supposed to be this offensive guru, this offensive genius, unlike Adam Gase in New York, who's a perceived offensive genius. You're supposed to be able to figure this out. You're supposed to be able to make the adjustment at halftime and be like, okay, we know what they're throwing at us now. Let's let's you know, let's flip the script on them. And they never were able to do that. They didn't do it in the Detroit game, and they didn't do it in this game. And again, this was a team that two weeks ago we were talking, and I say we, the collective Valley as a whole, we're talking five and zero because they got the Jets coming up this week, and maybe never, that's the perfect get never right. Never came game out of my mouth. Never came Cardinals. out of my mouth. Yeah, you didn't print a T-shirt. No, I mean, listen, I, I mentioned this when we when we and and real quick, I know we're up against it, but um, I when we were talking about this on in the in the lead segment just ten minutes mm-hmm. ago. I told you expectations changed for the Arizona Cardinals after the 49ers win. You got one, right? You, you got one from a beat-up 49ers team on the road. Nice win, not taking anything away from you. Then you beat a bad Washington team, and you start looking ahead in the schedule, and you're like, oh, win, win, win. No, no, no. This was a five-win team last year. You brought in DeAndre Hopkins. That's awesome. That's great. That's going to help out the defense. You you made some you have made some nice accusations across the 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 front seven on the defensive side too. We've seen that pay dividends a little bit. But ultimately, this was a five win team last year that still had to prove it, and they had to prove it well beyond winning against San Francisco, who was extremely beat up at the time. Right? You had to prove mm-hmm. it to me more than that. You were a five win team a year ago. So I was never jumping on the 5 and 0 bandwagon. As a matter of fact, I called upset against the Lions. You know, I, I thought they'd go on the road and beat the Panthers, but at home the Lions have played them tough in the last handful of years. Listen, I, I this people need to pump the brakes a little bit on the Arizona Cardinals. Expectate get excited when you beat a team like the San Francisco 49ers on the road. Absolutely. Get excited when you start 2 and 0, but also have a realistic, you know, thought process of okay, how much have we truly proven here? You know, how much have we have we actually accomplished through two games to where we're going to start talking about being a 5-0 and football team when we won five games total last year? You got to prove it to me more than just two, just two games, and now we're seeing who this team actually is. In the NFL, you need a month to, to have a feeling and have an idea of who a team, who a team is. And, who's, mm-hmm. and we're going to get into this. We have a, a, a segment coming up at the end of the program today, basically – which teams are real, which teams are, are, are fake at the moment through the first quarter of the NFL season. We're calling it who's a trick, who's a treat. Um, you need a month to really know who a team is. The Arizona Cardinals are a 2-2 two and two football team right now, and I think that's about right. That's about right. Yes, but and, and, and again, I, I think this goes back to what happened in week one when they played the 49ers, that the expectations for this team shifted to, oh, man, they might have put this all together, right? They had a good offseason. They had a good draft. Uh, Cliff Kyler year two and, and you saw it in week one and then you saw it in week two the expectations kind of shifted a little bit 
But if you looked at that 49ers team that didn't have George Kittle in the second half of that football game and then proceeded to get a bunch of injuries the following couple of weeks, and a Washington team that nobody really uh, thinks highly of right now in terms of their ability to win football games, they played two flawed football teams when they got them on the schedule. So the, the course correction isn't necessarily overly shocking, but I think the way that the course has corrected with the way they've played over the last two weeks, that's been been shocking uh sean it was a wild sunday once again in the nfl a whole slate of games we will go through them all and give you our thoughts next it is the rapid rundown right here on noble with chris crespin and simone well sean as we await for the two monday night games yes that's right we have two monday night games to enjoy tonight Mm -hmm. felt you know first episode it felt time to to run through what we saw yesterday over the course of week four in the NFL. So we are calling this, despite my attempts to get it called something like the no huddle offense or the two minute drill or something uh-huh. upbeat in tempo, we've gone with the rapid rundown. So if you could give me a beat here, Sean, you, need, you, you need something, something rapid, something, right? Give me something rapid. We don't so want to keep just... ourselves. You know, we don't, don't want to limit ourselves just to two minutes, man. So all right, you want something rapid? Give me here. something rapid so we right, can we fly this, through these games. This, oh, there we go. That's rapid. Off. That's rapid. Oh, that's here. a little okay. distracting. Yeah. Even it's that. It's yeah, that well, rapid. You. Listen, you check the rapid box with this song, so <laughs> let's go. do it. Let's run through it. What do we got? Okay, let's run through these games, and we might skip some. Only ones that really jumped out on the page uh, for us are the ones that are going to make the rapid rundown, and we're going to talk about some teams later on mm-hmm. in the show. So, Sean, let's start with the, the the team that I'm really impressed with so far, even though their record only says one, two, and one. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals look really impressive as they beat Minshew Mania and the Jacksonville Jaguars 33-25. to Yeah, I mean, this kid is – I mean, we talked about nicknames when we were doing some prep. Like, does he need a nickname? And I said, just grab the low-hanging fruit. Uh, Joe Cool, man. This kid is so calm, so collected, 25 of 36, 300 yards and a touchdown. He's been beat up throughout the year, was the most sacked quarterback coming into this game, and he still just sticks in there and makes it happen, 33-25. I come away super impressed from that kid. The Browns are continuing to score in Dallas. Uh, they win 49-38 to 38 against the Dallas Cowboys. And, Sean, I'm going to try to throw this one up on a tee for you. Mm-hmm. Are you more impressed with how Cleveland has looked through the first four weeks of the season or more disappointed with how the Cowboys have looked through four weeks of the season? Well, I'm going to talk about the Cleveland Browns in our segment coming up in a moment called Trick or Treat, whether or not the, the teams that are fighting for a division lead if they don't have it are they real are they are they, are they fake are they a trick or are they a treat i'm going to dive into the browns deeper in the next segment but let's so let's focus on the cowboys here um i mean what's to hate right dak prescott 502 yards four touchdowns this team is rolling uh, no no defensively an absolute disaster right they can't they can't find themselves in anything but a shootout it's it's obnoxious what the cowboys have gone through in the first uh, first quarter of this season uh, and they lose to a Cleveland Browns team at home, mind you, that has their own set of question marks. Uh, Dallas Cowboys right now are an jo- absolute joke right now. And the uh, New Orleans Saints get a much-needed uh, bounce-back victory as uh, they go to Detroit and they beat the Lions 35-29. to This is a Saints team that you know, hasn't played well the last couple of weeks, barely got by Tampa in that first week of the season, so I think they needed something like this to keep pace in the NFC South. Yeah, you know, and Sanders and Breeze finally got on the same page together. 93 yards for Sanders yesterday. Breeze, 246 and two scores overall. Uh, I know that Peyton and Breeze have been there forever. 
but not everybody was going to come into this season clicking on all cylinders based on the type of offseason you have. Plus, you lose a Michael Thomas. The Saints are going to be fine long run, 35-29 over the Lions. They're 2-2. Two and two. I think they're a better team than 2-2. Two and two. It'll, it'll work its way out in the long run, in my opinion. Saints are going to be fine. Seattle Seahawks, they survive, I guess you could say, uh, a, a scare from the Dolphins as this game was close in the fourth quarter. But uh, only one touchdown for the Dolphins on offense. The Seattle defense plays a little bit better, and they move to 4-0, and perfect on the season. Yeah, you're playing a Miami team you should handle pretty well, right? And you're looking at the scoreboard in the, in, early in the fourth quarter, uh, and uh, after a, a Dolphin field goal, it's 17-15. You're going, whoa, hey, what? What, what's happening here? And, and to Pull down, see, everybody. Yeah, right. To Seattle's credit, they put the hammer down, uh, pulled away, really, in that fourth quarter. Russell Wilson, still sensational. 360 yards, two touchdowns. By the way, those two touchdowns, real quick here in the rapid reaction. Rapid rundown? Rapid reaction? What rapid rundown. Rapid rundown. First show. Like We're going to figure all this out. Uh, but Russell Wilson ties Peyton Manning with 16 touchdowns through four games. That ties the most ever through the quarter pole, quarter turn of the NFL season. He's on pace to tie Manning's 55 touchdown record that he set back in 2013. So Russell Wilson still just sensational. Not a whole lot to write home about in this game, but the Baltimore Ravens, they also bounce back from their uh, disappointing performance on Monday Night Football. They take care of business against the Washington football team, uh, a game in which they, they were so in control of that RG3 played quarterback in the fourth quarter of that football game. Yeah, uh, when you get embarrassed on, on national television, and you're a good football team, usually you bounce back pretty well. That's exactly what the Ravens did. You know, their kryptonite, as Lamar put it, got them last Monday against Kansas City. You knew they were going to come back and, and, and have a strong showing against the Washington football team. So not a surprise there. Ravens are going to be fine. I know people had questions after Monday night. It's a good football team, man. They're going to be there when it's all said and done. The Minnesota Vikings pick up their first win of the season, comes at the expense of the Houston Texans, who now fall to Oh, and four. And Sean, I think there are a lot of questions about where this Houston team uh, goes moving forward. Yeah, you know, I think it's hard to tell what the Houston Texans are right now. You know, I still look at their schedule. They had a loss to Kansas City, a loss to Baltimore, Pittsburgh, who still brings one of the best defenses to the table in the National Football League. And then you lose to Minnesota as well. I mean, no team had to face a first set of four, their, a set of their first four games quite like the Houston Texans did with the Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers, and Vikings. So um, let's see what they can they bounce back against the Jags? You lose to the Jags next week. Okay, now we got some real questions about the Houston Texans. Uh, but coming up, they've got the Jags, Titans, Packers, and the Jags again. So maybe two and six. I, you know, it's just hard. That's a rough, that's a tough schedule that they had to get right out of the gate there. So the Rams and Giants play a game that see the Rams move to three and one and the Giants don't win four, but everybody's talking about the brawl in the postgame between Golden Tate and Jalen Ramsey. I don't think anyone remembers anything that happened in this game. No, you're, you listen, you're, you're str you struggle on the actual field. Handle family business, right? Just see if you can handle that part of the of, of, the, of the equation if you're the, the New York Giants. But 3-1 um, Rams setting themselves up pretty nice for maybe a run back to the postseason. Nice bounce back early here for, for, uh, for McVay and his Rams club. Sean, this one right up your alley. Uh, the Bills, they go on the road. They beat they play? Uh, the Las. They played the Las Vegas Raiders there. Is that at the right? Death Star there in Vegas. They win thirty to twenty three. They move to four and zero. The Raiders fall to two and two. I'll just get your quick thoughts on this one. I know this one's near and dear to your heart. Yeah, Raiders defense is. Let's just. There's a couple points to make here. Raiders still shoot themselves in the foot every chance they get. Their defense is still absolutely atrocious. Uh, and until they can fix either of those. They're not going to win a lot of football games. They almost feel like, I tweeted this yesterday, it almost feels like watching an arena football league game when you're watching a Raiders game. Because if they just get one make. damn stop, you're like, oh, 
game changer. And then if their offense doesn't uh, capitalize on that stop, it feels like the game is already over. Uh, and that's somewhat kind of played out that way yesterday for the Raiders. That Buffalo Bills team is legit. We'll get more into them coming up uh, in the, the trick or treat segment coming up on the other side. Send that message to the Dallas Cowboys. Just get one stop and you'll one. have a chance uh, Dude, to, to win a football game. Give me one. Just give me one. And week four, uh, the Sunday slate at least wrapped up with a, uh, what was, I think when the season started on paper, a matchup that everyone was going to be excited about between the Eagles and the 49ers. A bunch of injuries and poor performance from the Eagles made it just a kind of a meh watch. But meh. the Eagles pick up a win. They are 1-2-1. Two, and one. They are your leaders in the best division in all of football, the NFC East, Sean. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers fall to 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, that NFC NFC least man is a best terrible, division in football. Absolutely, come on, best division joke. in football. Uh, that football game overall, uh, due to the injuries and due to the way that Philadelphia's been playing football so far this year, and they got their own set of injuries as well. It's not just the 49ers. Um, you knew that was going to be a tough watch going into it last night. And to their credit, Philadelphia found a way to win that football game. A couple of late scores, um, but they've got a lot of things to figure out there. The good news for them, what are they? One, two, and one. And they're uh, sitting atop the NFC Least Division, Playoff baby. Team, baby. Let's Playoff go. E A G L E S Eagles. Making it happen, Schubert. Making it's it not happen. Pretty. It's no, not wait. pretty, but they're, first but they're a playoff first. team. First, first is, is first. first. First is first. So that was the action from week four, at least the Sunday's late. We got the two Monday night games uh, tonight that will wrap up the week. But Sean, looking big picture here with week four about to close. Uh, we're about to close the chapter uh, of week four. The quarter mark of the NFL season is here. Which teams are a trick and which are a treat? A little Halloween theme since it's October. Trick or treat next year on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Schubert, let me tell you a little bit about Earnhardt Auto Centers. Locally owned and operated since 1951. A proud partner of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. They got 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships overall, 17 brands they can take care of you at. It doesn't matter if you're north, south, east, or west. They got you covered wherever you're at in the Valley. Earnhardt has you covered for that vehicle you've got your eye on. And with the current times, Schubert, I see you sitting there in your very nicely decorated room. I don't got to go the down that road again. The show but the, uh, <laughs> the the No Bull Express option at nobull.com, you can sit right there in that very finely decorated uh, studio you have and uh, take care of your entire car purchasing process from test driving a vehicle to bring it right to you uh your finance applications to delivering your new ride once you do make that purchase schubert you don't even have to leave that awesome studio decoration you've got there to make sure you buy a new vehicle the noble express option at noble.com the earnhardt name's a name you know you can trust 68 year commitment that they've made from their family to yours earnhardt auto centers and noble.com that ain't no bull schubert I mean, I mean, I don't appreciate the cheap shot in particular um, to the room <laughs> and, for the and second for those, time on the show. For those that are just listening to this podcast uh, and maybe uh, you somehow didn't hear the first portion of it. You're going to do it again? You're I mean, going to take a shot at me again. I mean, what is that Mets blanket back there? Schubert. Dude, it's supposed to help with the sound, but it's very far Have away. I understand that. Too? Like, was that in your crib? I mean, look at that thing. <laughs> I know this is for the audio listeners. They didn't hear me respond oh, because they just at, stared into the camera. Look at that at thing. Sean. I mean, come on. Schubert, you got to give me something so, better than that. So moving on, getting uh-huh. the show back on track here. Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Yeah. Minus the Simone. Yeah, he's, he's on, on IR. 
Sean Tyler Cressman questioned the toughness of the co-host first episode of the show. So <laughs> team mean, morale come on. It would be through the roof right We're now. We're socially here. distanced already. You could have showed it. We're just putting you on camera. Well, he's there. I mean, he's there. I made a graphic. It's got his his official practice squad picture. His official it is. It's his practice. It's his uh, not practice squad. It was his training camp photo from when he was oh. with the Seattle Seahawks. But he's officially on IR with 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 an unknown illness. So Jordan Simone will join day us. Day to day. He'll join us on uh, on Wednesday, Schubert. Leave so, the man alone. Oh, so, okay, you take shots at me, but you, you were the one that took shots at, yeah. at Simone, but it's my leave, fault. Leave uh, the man alone. So to wrap up the first edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone, mm-hmm. we're going to do uh, a segment called Trick or Treat, All which right. I got to tell you, Sean, Yep. my least favorite holiday this month. Halloween? Halloween, least favorite holiday. Why is that? Explain. I don't like people. I don't like and the idea people. People are going to come to the door looking for candy. <laughs> I don't really want to interact with anybody. Uh-huh. Plus, dressing up—it's it, just overrated to me. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just, just not a fan of it. Was wasn't really a fan of it as a kid. Not a fan of it now. I don't dislike uh, it. I know, I know. You try to avoid at all costs giving out candy on Halloween. I don't do that. Usually, we set up the table out front with the neighbor. Uh, we, we have a little table. Like last year, we had the Arizona Cardinals game. I think it was a Cardinal 49er game on Halloween. So we had we had the TV out there. We had a table set up. The dogs were hanging out. You know, can't do that came. this year. It was great. Can't do it this year. No, the lights will probably be off at the Crespin Compound. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. it'll probably be a, a dark night. But it's not like I I don't dislike Halloween. You know what I mean? I don't dislike it at all. But what are we doing here? Why, why we got Halloween music going? What are we doing? So because mm-hmm. we are going to do this segment called Trick or Treat, we're going to look at some of the teams that have been that have been off to great starts or good starts here in the NFL. We're going to decide whether these starts at the quarter mark of the NFL season are tricks mm-hmm. that this team, these teams are not really that good, or if they're treats that this is really what they are. They are legitimate playoff and Super like Bowl it. contenders, okay. and we should take them seriously. So, right. Sean. If you don't mind, put up the first team here on the All list right. for us to go over. And it is mm-hmm. a team that I don't really like talking about because I have to play them two times a year. It is the Buffalo Bills in first place in the AFC 4-0. Sean Crespin, for you, mm-hmm. are the Buffalo Bills a trick or a treat? I'm going to go ahead and say, despite my better judgment, that this Buffalo Bills team is an absolute treat. Oh, he's this, all in listen, on them. All in a- on the averaging Bills. 30 points a game. Allen seems to be the absolute real deal. Am I wrong about that? I mean, the kid seems no. to be absolutely legit. They're second in passing yards. They're fifth overall in the National Football League. Now, listen, I get it. They beat your awful Jets. They beat, the, they beat the Dolphins. They beat my Raiders. You know what I mean? It's not like they're going through murderer's row here. But they're 4-0. They're a fun football team to watch. They stretch the field. They play, they play. They're attacking on the defensive side of the ball. That is a legitimately good football team. That, that Buffalo Bills team, for me, check them up as a treat, baby. They're a treat. So when having to deal with the two choices that we have, they're mm-hmm. not a trick, right? They're a good no, football a good team. team. And they're a team that's a, that is a playoff team, no doubt, right? They were right. a playoff team last year. I think they've only gotten better with the addition of Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs. And Josh Allen is a legitimate MVP candidate this season. So I'm going to say treat. But let me be very clear. I still don't think they're in the top tier of AFC contenders, right? I don't think they're on the level of the Chiefs. I think you put them in a tier with Baltimore and Pittsburgh, but even those two teams I would take over this Buffalo Bills team. I think as we get later into the season, if this trend continues and they continue to play this well, then absolutely I'm willing to put them at the top of that second tier. But right now they retreat because I think what we're seeing is for real, but I just don't know how much staying power it has 
in the AFC. So Speaking they're, of AFC, so they're not the full size Snickers treat. They're the they, bite they size. Are, they, they are the bite size okay. or the fun size. That okay. is what the Buffalo Bills are. They are a fun sized treat. Still right delicious, now. but it's not still the full delicious, size. but not you know, not not the whole gotcha. the whole thing. Speaking gotcha. of fun sized treats. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers, 3-0. They are first in the AFC North. I mean, I had the list here, and they're the next team on the, the prep sheet that we worked on was going to be another fun-size treat. We'll, I think we'll this get is a there. Full, we'll get I think this there. is a full-size treat for me, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 3-0. They are first in the AFC North, a division that really their biggest challenge is going to be the Baltimore Ravens when they mm-hmm. have to play them two times a year. Mm-hmm. But I think this Pittsburgh Steelers team is a treat. Sean Crespo. Listen, uh, I think they are again. It's very similar to what the what I mentioned with the Buffalo Bills. Their wins have come against the Giants, the Broncos, the Texans. A combined one and eleven on the season. Their opponents are right now. There was supposed to be the week where we found out about them, right? Where they were going to play a three and zero Titans team that we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason I'm going to say they are an absolute treat, and this was one of the teams I pointed out in the preseason that nobody was talking about, and they should. This is a team that almost made a postseason appearance last year with four different starting quarterbacks and something named Ducky Hodges under center for most of that. But their defense, number two defense in total yards, and a stat that they led the National Football League in last year, they're currently leading the National Football League in against this year, their sack per pass attempt percentage, 14% right now. It means you drop back to throw the football, and 14% of the time, somebody in that front seven's getting to you. They pressure the quarterback like nobody else in the NFL, and Big Ben only has to be mediocre Big Ben for this team to be a successful football team. They're 3-0. I think they're absolutely legit. They are a super treat, in my opinion. Super treat? King-size the, treat? They're the full the well, king-size king, bar. If the Chiefs are the king-size, Steelers okay. are the full-size. All right, they're maybe okay, one so, step behind. I'm not going to so give them the, the full. standard that we yeah, have. Yeah, I'm not going to give them the full thing there, but they're a treat. Absolutely a 3-0. Okay, so put up the next team because I don't know if you're going to go in the order that we have okay. in the prep sheet anymore because the Steelers aren't even on this list that I'm working <laughs> off of. So the Tennessee Titans uh-huh. are next, mm-hmm. 3-0, first in the AFC South. And it's unfortunate, Sean, because we were going to kind of get some answers here between the last two teams that we just talked about because yeah. the Steelers were supposed to play the Titans this week, and we were potentially going to get a little bit more insight into what the, to, these two teams are. Uh, I think I know where you're going with this one, but the Tennessee Titans, a trick or a treat? The Tennessee Titans for me are a trick. And and listen, Ooh. yeah, again, wins against the Broncos, the Jags, and before this week, the winless Vikings as well, right? You know what you're going to get with the Titans. You're going to get smash mouth football. Everything offensively is going to predicate off the off the, uh, the the play action game, and it's working, right? Since Tannehill took over midseason last year, it's working. But overall, it, I don't see them. I thought they may have gotten, they may have overextended themselves last year, going on the road and beating Baltimore in the postseason. Like I don't see them even close to, to being a legitimate playoff contender this year playoff team sitting at three and zero playing in the in the mediocre afc south sure am i am i calling them a treat like am i even am i am i even putting them in the conversation outside of the new wild card round in the nfl no i'm not i i have to call them a trick at three and zero. yeah i'm i'm gonna go fun size treat okay, okay. and and that's because that. there's still i, I still want to see more i want to see them play some better teams but Again, this is a Tennessee Titans team that surprised the world last year mm-hmm. by going as far as they did in the postseason, and they've done nothing in the early part of this season to question that that was a fluke. 
because they've started the year 3-0. Yes, you'd like to see them play some better competition, which was what this past week was supposed to bring us. So I'll go fun size treat for right now. That's basically right on the border of you being a trick, uh, at least for me, but I'll go fun size treat for right now with room to kind of grow or to, to be proven that they are a trick. The next team for mm -hmm. us, Sean, the Cleveland Browns, who yeah. are three and one and technically third in the AFC North. You slander the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield every chance you get. So I will <laughs> let you start with this one. Trick or treat hey, for listen, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, if I'm calling the Titans a trick, I gotta call the Cleveland Browns one as well. I mean, they're 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 technically ranked, you know, third in the NFC in the AFC North, uh, equal record, you know, with the one loss, just like Baltimore does. Um, but they got blown out by Baltimore, and it wasn't even close in Week One. Like, they're the third best football team in their own division. I can't call them a treat when you're the third best football team in your own division. Now, to their credit, and you're right, I usually give Baker and this football team a hard time. You know, slander all over the place. And I wouldn't call it slander, but I give them a hard time. To their credit, they're embracing who they are, right? you got a two-headed monster at running back now. They're leaning on the running game first. Hopefully Chubb's going to be okay long-term, but um, they're, they're leaning on their strength of a running game first, and Baker doesn't have to do everything. He doesn't have to shoulder everything. And you're seeing you're seeing right now they're getting creative offensively. They're, they're a good football team. But they're the third best team in their own division, so I can't call them a treat. They're, they're going to have to go into the trick category for me. So, so this is a tough one, right? I think there's a lot of credit that needs to be given to, to Kevin Stefanski because he's Absolutely. gotten a lot out of this offense yeah. at the first part of the season here at the quarter mark. Uh, but but you know what? I don't think this 3-1 and one record is a mirage in any capacity. I think they're, they, they're, they have played well enough to deserve that 3-1 and one record. But to your point, Sean, they're the third best team in their division. I don't think they're better than the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think they're better than the Pittsburgh Steelers, at least right now. And so when you're the third best team in your division, you just kind of have to go into the trick category just by default. I would love to make them a, a fun size treat, but I just don't think that has a lot of staying power no. when you consider the uphill battle that they have to climb. You, it pains me. You know I'm a Baker fan. I could I run know. and go get the, the Pro Day Sensei shirt uh, that's got the Baker headband on it. But uh, they're going to have to be a, a trick for me, unfortunately, here you've, at the quarter. You've mark. played one playoff team, the Cleveland Browns have, and you lost by 32. And you lost to them. You lost by and they're a team in your division. Two points in your division. You beat the Bengals, you beat the Washington football team, and you got in, like everybody does, you got into a shootout with the Dallas Cowboys, and you came out on the, on the upper end of that. So you've beaten one playoff team. Or I'm sorry, you've played one playoff team, and you lost by 32 points. I can't call you a treat when that's the case. All right, Sean, let's keep it rolling. The mm -hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 3-1, first in the NFC South. This has been an argument between you and I for the last couple of days. Yeah, I'm glad we're going to be able to hash it out mm -hmm. right now. I think I know where you're going with All this right. one, but I was wrong mm -hmm. on the Cleveland Browns. Let's see where you go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Trick or treat? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a treat, but they're not the king-size treat. Like so the, we're not like, king-size. They're not, they're not a, a Chiefs and a, and a Baltimore okay. Ravens-size treat. Are they full-size? They're probably... A delicious Reese's peanut butter cup that somebody puts into your Halloween bucket. One of the best treats you can give me, but it's but the not the full-sized ones. Yeah, but it's not like okay. you know the one that comes with two in a pack. They're yeah, one yeah, of those. Yeah. They're a contender, especially in the NFC right now, because the NFC doesn't have a dominant football team. Even Seattle, we're going to get to them. Terrible defensively so far this year. You know, so Tampa Bay can they make a run? Absolutely, they can. Uh, but I, I don't. You know, I, I doesn't give me a lot of confidence. When you are at home against a Chargers football team that's got one win on the year, 
who's starting a rookie quarterback who is down arguably the three best defensive players on the roster, and you find yourself down, what, 20 points at one point against that football team? Like, I, I'm sorry, I come away with more questions than... I know they made the comeback and everybody, all oh, championship teams come back in football games. True. Championship teams also don't let a rookie quarterback jump up on you by 20-some-odd points, especially defensively when they've got, you know, they're, they're a mashed unit right now. So um, is are they a treat? Yes. Do they have a lot of concerns? Yes, they do. So am I going to put them... They're not a full size. They're just a good, you know... Two Reese's peanut butter cup treat that just got thrown into my bucket. They're a good football team, but they got, they got to answer a lot of questions in my mind still. Full-sized crunch bar, almost the king-sized crunch bar are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Crazy. for me. And Crazy. here is why. This football team has paired a, a head coach who is known for throwing the ball down the field, no risk it, no biscuit. We know it here well in Arizona with the quarterback who for the first time in his career was changing schemes. And to see the way this team has played through the first three weeks of the season before this Charger game, the defense was one of the better defenses in all football for the first three weeks of the season. They had a bad first half against Justin Herbert, who lit it up and deserves a ton of credit, but they allowed only seven points in the second half of that football game. And this early into the B.A. Tom Brady era there in Tampa Bay to face that kind of adversity, a situation that you should not have been in. You should not have been down in the second half of that football game to the Los Angeles Chargers, but you find yourself in a bad spot and you battle yourself out of it and I know you mocked it, but that is what championship and Super Bowl contending teams do. They did it, and they it, there wasn't even a sweat about it. They just took care of business in the second half of that football game. Tom Brady ended up with five touchdowns. They looked good. The defense looked better in the second half. There was talent all over the board. This is a not a king-sized because I still have question marks about, you know, it's only four games into this era. But I am willing to go full-sized crunch bar treat. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I, I have to go the next team up I, I there. Can't, I went on my rant. I, 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 I got on the soapbox. I can't go there yet. They're a good football team. They're just they can't go there yet. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, the new look Philip Rivers. Indianapolis Colts, who are three and one. New right look Philip Rivers looks like the old Philip Rivers. Well, no, new look Indianapolis Colts with the new, oh, with, okay. with Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so and the, where, where are you going th- on that? Three and one, second in the AFC South. Trick or treat, Schubert. Just let I'm it going, out. I'm going. I'm going trick. I'm going trick for the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not there yet. Through these first four games, I I have not seen what I've needed to see from Phillip Rivers. And yes, they're finding a way to win games. But when you play as poorly and you have some of the throws that Phillip Rivers has, that stuff catches up with you at some point. And and I think even if they're right now the second best team in their division, that division's tough. It's not easy to beat Jacksonville. The Texans are 0-4, but we talked earlier about the schedule that they had faced throughout the first four weeks of the season. They're going to give you a, a tough a tough contest, right? They did it with the Pittsburgh Steelers a couple of weeks ago, and the Tennessee Titans are also a good football team. So I'm going trick just because I don't see it holding up with Phillip Rivers, and through these first three games, I haven't been overly impressed with what I've seen from them. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a trick. You're at 100%. It just end at Phillip Rivers, right? I mean, so far, mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers has been exactly who he was in San Diego slash LA with the Chargers, uh, where he's going to make some plays. He's going to throw it all over the field. It's going to look painful when he throws the football at times. He's going to have an awful turnover when it matters most. Um, in the fourth quarter with like five minutes left. Yeah, I can't call them a treat yet. And to be honest, it's not a big treat to watch them play football. Like when I do tune in, I'm like, oh my goodness. Let's, you know what I mean? Let's go. Let's move on. So, no, 
I'm not. It's I'm like not getting uh, a Hershey's Kiss instead of an actual yeah, Hershey's. Yeah, I mean they, candy. they're they're like, more. Of, I'm not ready to insult them by calling them a candy corn treat because that's like the ultimate wow. insult you can call one of these wow. teams. But they're I not. I agree a fun, with your candy corn take. They're not a fun football team at all. Uh, let's get the to Green a Bay team Packers. That is fun. Yes. Yes. The three and Green Bay Packers. They are atop the NFC North. And Sean, I'll just be I'll just be honest, and maybe it's going to give away my answer for the next couple of teams. I don't think there's a king size treat in the NFC. I don't mm-hmm. think one exists right now. I think all of these teams have flaws, but I think I'm going to put Green Bay in the same bucket I put Tampa Bay in. They are the full sized candy bar, and it starts with A. A. Ron Aaron Rodgers. He is making do with a just. A group of receivers that they didn't really address in the offseason. They used the first round pick on Jordan Love. I think that is motivated Aaron Rodgers. I think you're seeing that play out. They've been without Devontae Adams for now. They're, tonight they won't have him. They didn't have him last week uh, against the Saints. They're finding ways to get it done. They're running the football well with Aaron Jones. They're going to have to figure out the defensive side of the ball, but a full-size treats are the Green Bay Packers. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, they're averaging 40 points a game right now. Uh, through three weeks, they're averaging 40 points a game, which is just, I mean, absolutely mind-boggling. That'll get it done. The problem is they're giving up 28. So you're mm-hmm. going to have those games when you're not putting up 40. Are you still giving up 28? You know what I mean? So there's a theme here for the ne- for this team and for our next team here on our uh, trick-or-treat segment. Yeah, you're rolling offensively, but defensively, I got a lot of questions about you. So are you a treat? Absolutely you are. Yeah, we're recording this on Monday night. We're going to get a treat tonight watching that Green Bay team go up against a Falcons team that can air it out too. It's going to be a treat, but it's not It's, it's not a Kansas City, Baltimore-sized treat. Absolutely not. It's uh, I would say it's another one of those uh, you know, uh, double Reese's peanut butter cups or even uh, even the regular size Snickers, you know what I mean? But it's not the king size. I'm not going home getting full off of the one stop. Mm-mm. And the last Mm-mm. team we have for Trick or Treat, another team in the NFC, the Seattle Seahawks, who right now reign supreme 4-0 yeah. atop the NFC West. And, Sean, you know, I, I think ultimately I'm going to go full-size treat and put them with the Bucks and the Packers, but – I have legitimate concerns about this defense, and I almost wanted to go fun-sized treat with this team. You know what you're getting on the offensive side of the ball with with Russell Wilson and Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, and uh, DK Metcalf. They have playmakers on that side of the ball, but this defense is not the Legion of Boom. It's not even uh, a, a light version of the Legion of Boom. This defense is a train wreck, and it is going to cost this team dearly in the latter part of the season if they can't figure this out especially when it comes to the playoffs so i'm going i'll go full-size treat but i have some i have some doubts it's it's a candy that you 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 don't really like to get the full-size version of but you're okay with it because it's a full-size version of the bar that's how i feel about the seattle (laughs) it's one of those where you walk away going "Eh, okay it's like a hundred grand bar right you're like yeah like you're like okay this is a big piece of candy but eh, but it's a hundred grand bar yeah i'm I'm with you on that one listen this team gives up their 32nd in the national football league in yards allowed per game 476 yards per game the seattle seahawks are giving up right now russell wilson i mentioned in the previous segment uh what he's doing we've only seen done one time before and that was peyton manning in 2013 16 touchdowns through four weeks and if dk metcalf didn't decide to celebrate at the five-yard line. He currently would have the most touchdown passes ever through uh, through four weeks. So what Russell Wilson and the offense is doing is an absolute treat. But their defense is that candy corn. I mean, 32nd in the National Football League, like I mentioned, 476 yards. They're also giving up 27 points per game, just one better than what the Packers are doing. Uh, they are a treat, but they are not, they, they're not a full-size treat, that's for sure. 
And there you have it. Trick or treat as mm-hmm. we've hit the quarter mark of the NFL season with week four coming to a close tonight. And who's who we think is a real contender in both the AFC and this and the NFC and which teams kind of we're not really we're, we're not really sure what we're seeing right now through four weeks uh, is for real. As we wrap up the first edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone and Sean, I kind of want to wrap up this first episode, letting everybody know what they can expect moving forward, when they can expect this show to drop, where they can find it, things like that. And this show coming to you Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, three days a week. You're going to get all three of us uh, breaking down everything here uh, in the Valley when it comes to Arizona sports and things like you just saw with trick or treat. Maybe we'll have like a candy mock draft later in the week or next week (laughs) or something like that. But a lot of fun is what we're going to try to have on this show. And then on Sundays, we have our noble live Sunday show where listen, I don't want to hype up one of the, one of the segments of this show, but perhaps one of the greatest segments in the history of um, of podcasting occurs on the yeah. Noble Live Sunday show, cashing sure in with Crespin, where you get the worst gambling advice of all time well, from Sean Crespin. So four days a week, high quality content here. In, you can find the go ahead, Sean. What do you got? That's say? in the eyes of the listener. Okay, if it's the worst <laughs> gambling advice ever, if you're it's okay with losing a couple ever. and winning one, then it's great advice. It's great advice. We have a disclaimer on that segment for a a reason. Uh, We have a big disclaimer that comes up (laughs) for a reason. Can't wait for Sunday. Can't wait. Monday, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays in podcast form anywhere uh, you get podcasts. Uh, You can also follow the show on Twitter. We'll have a lot of video from the video version of this podcast that we do. It's noble underscore podcast is where you can get that. But like I said, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays is when this show will drop. Uh, Anywhere you get podcasts is where you can find it. And like I said, you can tweet the show, Noble underscore podcast. Uh, Crespin, I think yours is screspin02 on Twitter. Did I get that right off the top of my head? Uh, For me, it's at Shoe Radio. Uh, Simone, I'll plug his Twitter account when he's actually on the show. Uh, when he's <laughs> off the IR, he'll get his uh, his Twitter account uh, plugged. But any any parting thoughts uh, for the listeners? Uh, just that I want to see a little bit more out of my out of our third co-host there. I mean, it's the first it's the first show that we've we've come come to the table with. He looked good the whole uh, time though. Looked he great. did. Yeah, we put up a picture for those that are seeing the visual version of this on YouTube and so forth. Uh, we put a picture up from his days with the Seattle Seahawks. Put a little disclaimer there. What's going on? A little injury report. He's on the IR with an unknown illness. Kind of like we went hockey style, right? Like upper body injury, lower body injury. Right. We, do, we just don't, we don't know. know. Yet, right? We don't know. I think he's just got you know a sore throat or something. So I'm, I'm questioning the toughness a little bit of our third cohort. But uh, he'll be here for hopefully Wednesday's show. We'll see. He also has a uh, a, uh, a Simone sound off segment that'll be coming up on Tuesdays, every Tuesday on the social media. Uh, that's also brought to you by Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. So he's got to get. You got to get well. You got to get well soon. I'm not even going to wish him well. I'm just going to tell him he's got to get well soon. Can't make Content. the team in the tub, Schubert. You can't right. make the team in the tub. And right now, that's where, that's where Simone is. So just to let everybody know, on episode one of the show, we have mm-hmm. slandered me and mm-hmm. my setup. Yeah, you got to come. Slandered- that's, I'm glad you said that. Hang on. I'm cutting you off again. You got to come. for this is, this is simply for the visual side, the people who join us on YouTube and so forth, and when they see the clips and the highlights of the program. You got to give me better than that, man. Okay. You I'll work a, on it. You've got a torn up Mets blanket that was probably in it's your crib. It's not torn up. That's a full blanket that I've had for like two years. It looks like you've had it for. It looks. It look. It looks like it was in your crib. It looks what 25, 30 years old. You know, you got random padding on the wall that's not doing anything for your soundproofing. So just take that down. It looks terrible. Uh, and then you got the Phoenix Suns. You know, little banner over there. Like, Schubert, I know you're a bachelor and all, but we got. We got. We got. We got to come a little better than that. Well, your background's a little, a little bit better, better than, than mine. 
Your, yeah. your background's a lot better than mine. For those, I mean, for the again, folks, for the folks listening, a little green screen, got the Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble logos yeah, back hey. there. Little step and repeat. I look like a coach, right? Post game, ready to do my, ready to do, ready my, to do uh, an interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hopefully the gang is all together on Wednesday. We will get a status update uh, from uh, Jordan Simone. Hopefully tonight, as as mentioned, there's content due tomorrow. Uh, Jordan Simone's got homework. 10 a.m. He's got stuff that's got to get done. He's got a recording I didn't know there session. was a time on it. It's 10 a.m. recording session with, with Simone for a Simone sound off. So he better get, better get back get back quick. <laughs> so you can expect that tomorrow, and then we'll quick. be back on Wednesday with the, uh, the Wednesday edition of the show. Thank you for listening to Noble with Chris Cressman and Simone. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Do you win, man?